0: Called Embrace Yourself Introduce Yourself Now Would You This is Laura and Neil And here's the fucking deal You should know that we're not trained experts on the things we say about I Think All
1: right Hey Good. Laura Hello
2: <laughs> Welcome and Thanks for joining me once again for "Embrace Yourself" on this the seventeenth episode.
1: This the seventeenth episode.
2: Yes. How are you feeling today?
1: Eh, this weather is always hard for me because I have I get migraines with the barometric pressure changes and. Are you struggling right now? Stuff.
2: Do you do you need to? Do you need to take a break?
1: No. Okay. <laughs> I you- I just mostly feel really tired right okay. now. I but like yesterday I was really headachy and yeah and
2: I don't think it's getting any better um tomorrow it's supposed to rain I think it was supposed,
1: supposed to, to be awesome to 30. I know so the beginning part of the day is going to be nice and I think the second half of the day I don't know we'll see I might either be destroyed in the morning or at night depending on which barometric pressure change hits <laughs> me the the,
2: <laughs> which one which one hurts you the most the up or the down I don't I don't know I'm Not quite sure they both hurt
1: they both have great qualities, but just for different reasons.
2: Different <laughs> reasons, yeah. <laughs> well, it's no. nice to see. You. It's been a little while since we've done an episode, and I'm actually super shocked that we've we're on episode seventeen. I also. Um, <laughs> we've kind of been doing this like almost a year, I think.
1: Yeah.
2: It's like averaging more than one episode a month. That's like mm-hmm. really good for us.
1: Yeah, we are. I mean, it's like a. Like a high-speed production of podcast episodes. Oh
2: yeah, just 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 shooting them out there.
1: Yep, Assembly yeah. line style. Some yeah. of them are just you know me turning on an AM station, recording twenty minutes of it. Because I mean, how are we supposed to fill that much time?
2: It's so much time. I know. I what? know. Listen yeah.
1: to it after, <laughs> or
2: don't. <laughs> so, so are you ready to talk about um, societal collapse today?
1: always <laughs> always
2: always um just as like historical artifacts our our u.s election is uh less than two weeks ago away i'm, I'm gonna not try not to talk about it i've handed in my ballot already and handed it in well in a drop box
1: i like that expression you're yeah. like sir take this ballot yeah. i'm relying on you and your honesty to take this the rest of the way to the polling place like like a race where you Yeah,
2: some man in a mega hat came to my door and was like sir i'm doing a neighborhood service i'm taking these down to city hall for you could you could you hand over your ballot brown man whose vote i don't want to count and i'm like yeah sure
1: what a what a nice thing you've asked you what you've said don't do me that's
0: he's
2: anyway but uh so now i'm just waiting just wait 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 to see what happens you know it's out of my hands
0: Yep. (laughs) Out of my hands.
2: But um, societal collapse, I got onto this topic because um, I read an article somewhere now, I don't even remember, it's so long ago when I had the idea to do this episode, but there's a high amount of evidence that our society and maybe just Earth's human society at this point, since it is so global, is kind of at its end stage.
0: Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah
2: and so really, we don't know what we're talking about, but I basically read the Wikipedia page for societal collapse, and, and I it. um what's that? And I skimmed it You skimmed it good, good. so you know that there's there's several reasons, causes that are like either known or theorized um the one that I'm most interested in, so let me just list these I'll say cognitive decline, loss of creativity is a big one um yep. social and environmental dynamics and the energy return on investment. Well, let's get through the two that I don't care that much about. So it's the social and environmental dynamics. It was stated as inappropriate attitudes for change. Now, mm. if, if anything in the United States right now, we've got the highly inappropriate attitudes f-
1: yeah, for we've change. Got some, we've got some inappropriate attitudes. Yeah. And- them are in relation to changes or not changes
2: (laughs) and they're hard uh hard forces that are uh at work here but uh um that's set that to the side let's say we were all ready to do it you know let's let's elevate our society to the next level um the next problem being Um, The energy return on investment, the E-R-O-I, meaning, um, so I only just understood this one today, meaning that how much energy do you get from the amount of energy that you're putting in? So in order for a society to maintain itself, just like institutionally, government bodies, everything, keep the lights on, you need a three to one. You need to get three times as much energy out as you put in. Mm. So... Our main energy source these days still is petroleum, and when petroleum was discovered or first became popularized in use, um, that EROI was one hundred to one. So we were we were getting a hundred times more energy from collecting petroleum than we were from the energy we were putting into collecting it. Now uh, it's ten to one. So that
1: is not as good.
2: No. So our EROI is reduced quite drastically. That's not far from three to one, um, which is the minimum required to maintain our society. Um, so we're getting close to there. And these inappropriate attitudes for change towards changing our energy source, that's really scary.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think... The one thing that in these, when I think of these sorts of things, when I try to talk myself off the ledge, is people younger than us. Are, this is so much more on the front of their mind in terms of them being like, this is bullshit. We fucking need to get away from this coal, you know, burning shit to make fuel, you know. But yeah, it is really hard to see like the people who are in position to make change being such dickless cowards about doing anything <laughs> that would help long term you know and then you've got a republican party who is gleeful about rolling back regulations and you know yeah. making making national landmarks open to like industrial development and it's just it's a, it seems so very gross and short-sighted and cynical you know
2: it's very short-sighted if you look at this EROI number that I just showed you <laughs> but it's like you know you got we got to be changing but then the 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 other hand of that is like Well, solar has a terrible energy return on investment. The -hmm. equipment costs so much. It's passively collecting, you know, solar rays. Um, It takes up a lot of space. So we don't really have the right answers yet, I don't think. I mean, solar is part of it. And we can maybe definitely build up a network of various options to replace petroleum, but we're not.
1: We really could and should have been doing that since at least the 1970s.
2: Oh, for sure. For sure definitely
1: it's just exhausting to see the lack of forethought in pretty much any fucking thing our government does
2: (laughs) yeah which is actually a good point because that leads me to the point that i was the most interested in which is the cognitive decline and the loss of creativity so let me just let me just read what i have here okay so basically what i'm saying by loss of creativity is that innovations happen things get easier for people hence people lose some of their drive to actually solve anything because stuff is so easy. Maybe the assumption that other people are taking care of it plays into it a little bit. Um, So by the time Marco Polo reached China, and he was super amazed by all of their innovations, um, here's some, the magnetic compass, the seismograph, the census, Mm
0: -hmm. uh,
2: a merit-based bureaucracy, matches, pesticides, fertilizers, gunpowder, paper, printing, the mechanical clock. By that time, by Marco Polo, he's Italian, I think, right? I
1: think sailed, so.
2: Sailed his ship over to China. Um, by that point, China was already in, in intellectual decline. Like mm-hmm. all, the, all of those inventions happened in like the thousand years prior to Marco Polo arriving there. It wasn't like he arrived there and they were just coming up with all this stuff right then. It was all there, established, and...
1: They're like, look, we're done.
2: Kind of, kind of. So (laughs) yeah, in a way that is actually true because a lot of the societies that had like an early, I don't know, blossoming of technology and intellectualism and knowledge, it does seem that they eventually went away from that. Like, you know, the Middle East is a great example. Um, Had tons of, amazing intellectual inventions for the mm-hmm. world not the most not the most problem-solving science-based societies now mm-hmm. and that there's a lot of reasons for that and that's and this is not the only reason obviously a lot of politics and you know empire building and colonialism and all of that took took place but um it's just very uh i feel like we're here like where we're like hey, let's kick back and watch Netflix and we don't have to think about shit, you know, where people aren't problem-solving types anymore, I don't think.
1: Yes, I agree with that. I mean, to me, that's been one of the most, like, I think, frustrating things to see about, like, again, the people who are actually in positions of power, having no creative thoughts whatsoever, absolutely no courage to think outside of what's already being done, And being so short-sighted at all times, you know, it's just, it's really exhausting to see. I remember when I was in high school, I had a teacher who was a psychology teacher. I feel like maybe we talked about this before. Um, I cannot remember his name, but I remember his class very clearly because it was one of the few classes that was not structured like a normal high school class. Like he gave us our textbook and like between now and the end of class, I want you to go through this entire textbook. I want you to highlight parts that interest you, write notes in the margin. He's like, and then I'm going to just look through your books with you and you tell me the things that you thought were the most interesting. And then our final project was after you're done looking through the book, find a book that is about the subject matter you found interesting from your textbook and do a report. And I, I was like, this is fascinating. Like, it was just really interesting to have somebody be like, I want you to write in the book. I want you to not this isn't me dictating stuff to you. But then he also one day, and I don't know why, but he said, one of the things that people your age do not realize, and we were maybe, I think maybe I was a junior. I don't quite remember. Sophomore, junior in high school. Is that the creativity and the passion that you have for the stuff you care about right now will not just carry through to your adult life if you don't fight for it. If you don't keep it alive. Mm -hmm. And I was like, whatever. And I do think, I am a more, I'm a weirder, more creative person than most people. And that always has been true. So I, I don't think that was necessarily going to be true for me. And as an adult, I've done all kinds of cool creative shit. And I love doing cool creative shit. And I feel really proud of my creative accomplishments throughout my life. But like, like this guy I dated in high school, I remember shortly after like Facebook came out, like he sent me a Facebook friend request and he's married and, you know, lives a, normal life this guy in high school was so weird and quirky and funny and did lots of interesting things and you know didn't dress and look like other people and like his facebook post is like him bragging about how excited he was about his new cabinets um his wife if i wouldn't have known better i would have thought it was his mom it just was really weird like i just felt like this is so just pedestrian like you're so boring right what happened to you like where did that go yeah but i think that's a lot of adults.
2: That happens so much. And yeah, like I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I was weirder, maybe, let's say, than than that the average person and, and I did music stuff and weird art stuff and had weird friends, I guess. And
1: uh showing you right now in your senior photo, so
2: yeah. <laughs> um I uh and I guess I, I just have zero interest in stuff that's not interesting to me you know what i think that's it's a it's a double-edged sword in that i i can't really be all that excited when people are like hey i'm having a baby and i'm like hey cool and uh and then you know another friend will be like hey i'm putting out a comedy album and i'm like yeah yeah awesome Totally. or whatever i'm so like
1: that's a baby i can get behind
2: yeah it's like my priorities are so childlike still i think in terms of like yeah i still like they might be giants and i still (laughs) like kids in the hall and i still like mr show and i still like all the comedy wacky comedy shit that like but like so many people and and there's people way more still into that like who are really in the music scene and shit and i'm not there like i've fallen out of that quite quite a ways but still interested enough to have like my tentacles in there to to, to keep an eye on things, I guess. But but also I don't have a family. So it's like I can kinda yeah. waste my time, quote unquote, you know. Right. But what's a waste and what's not a waste. I don't know.
1: Right. And I totally, you know, people who want to have I'm not in any way saying like living a conventional life and having kids is wrong. But part of me wonders, you know, some of these paths that we really strongly get pushed down like society basically guides us in certain directions. You know, that's always been the case and I think has gotten slightly less the case. You know, for instance, a woman in the 1950s who's graduating from high school, extremely likely to just get married to a man. Yeah. A a woman graduating from high school today, much more likely to have a few more options. But still, there's these really like rigid, like get your degree, do this. Yeah, meet somebody, have kids by twenty nine. Whatever you know, and I don't even think means- it
2: applies just to women now. I think men feel a pressure too, where it's kind of like, well, if I don't build up my fucking normal life by the time I'm thirty, like I'm fucked, you know? Yeah, I totally. Think, yeah, yeah, and I I tend to feel a little bit sometimes like that too, because you know I'm for the most part single. I, I date and 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 I and I'm dating a nice person right now, but it's just like <clears throat> no desire to get married again, no desire to have children. Um, I do own a home in
1: 2020 think that that is a way more socially acceptable thing for a man like you don't get the social pressure that like for instance a cisgendered woman who's not married and doesn't have kids gets you know like the the needling and the nagging and the questioning and the wondering and the gossiping like holy shit you know like come on anything else to care about no but doubt. you can just be like, oh, well, you know, he's just doing his own thing. He's a bachelor, whatever. Like, you can get accolades for that. Whereas a woman, there's something wrong with her.
2: And I do. I get so many accolades for being single. I get like...
1: I love swing and single, Sunil.
2: <laughs> I'll show you my trophies sometimes.
1: Wait, is a swing and single someone who is like a swinger? I'm confused. I don't know my terms. <laughs> is it
2: is it single and ready to mingle? I don't know.
1: I think that's more what it is. Less that's so what it, it
2: is. Sw- <laughs> swingle and ready to swindle. That's me. <laughs>
1: Yep.
2: Uh, oh, boy. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. Um, but yeah, so like, I, right, and you're right. And, and so I'm actually thinking about that. You know, let's say one of my sisters has a child soon or something. I'm not really looking forward to being like the weird uncle, honestly. Like the weird uncle that's like not married. And I, I, don't, I don't know how you feel about that. Like if, I mean, you're already an aunt, an aunt. Yes yeah
1: times over now
2: yeah and And one of the
1: fucked up things that i have not met my niece because she was born like after all this covid stuff happened like in march or something i can't i can't even remember her birthday but like i get videos and stuff of her like she's grown so much and it's just really frustrating and sad that i'm like this kid has still never met me yeah you know because now I'm going to be an even weirder aunt because when you finally meet me, I'm going to be all excited to know you and you're going to be like, well, who's this lady? No one ever told me about you. <laughs> yeah, who the
2: fuck are you? This estranged aunt that like... <laughs> right.
1: right. But you know, yeah. I, it is, I think really fun because I love my sisters. So I think it is really fun and interesting to see how they parent and to see like, you know, the lives that they've created for their children. Like that I find really interesting and I love my nephew and I love my niece. I don't want children myself, you know, certainly wouldn't be like Christine talk to me at length about some boring kids thing that I don't care about. But I also have talked to both of them, especially Christine about, you know, basic learning theory and like, you know, the, how people learn, how animals learn and how those things, because there's a lot of overlap, you know, like training a child and crate training a dog. There's a lot of overlap in terms of like that process. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying crate train a baby you shouldn't put a baby on a
2: leash come on it's good also
1: not okay although my mom when when we were kids my brother she had a a, like a wrist leash oh yeah her her and him and i remember because i was five years older than my brother so i was probably like eight because i'm assuming he was probably like five so seven or eight me i remember a lady yelling at my mom at the mall basically telling her that she was cruel and horrible for having my brother on a leash I just remember the look on my mom's face. My mom's such a nice person, you know? She's just so earnest. And I just remember even now, like, thinking about it, I'm like, oh, God. I mean, that lady might as well punched my mom in the face. Like, my mom was just gutted by that. But my brother was really, you know, he was a really erratic, hard-to-follow kid. And he got lost in the mall more than once. Yeah, Like, you would look away and he'd be gone. Because he'd be like, I know where KB Toys is. (sniffs) Phew. Gone. Was there ever, like,
2: an announcement over the PA? Like, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I couldn't blame my mom at all. Yeah. <laughs> you know,
2: like and anyway, those kids' leashes are those like they're stretchy, right? They're like a telephone cord.
1: There's nothing inhumane about it at all. <laughs> I think no.
2: having a having an eye on where your child is in a crowded setting like that is fine. It's like holding yeah. their hand essentially.
1: Yeah. If that I mean, if what's his name, Adam Gilbert's dad has had one of those, America's Most Wanted never would have happened.
2: Oh no shit. Is that what his the story son was?
1: Kidnapped, yeah.
2: Oh. Okay. Yeah, his son
1: was kidnapped from the mall, which stranger danger kidnap and then his body was found. It was horrifying. I remember oh.
2: that being way bigger of a deal in the eighties. <laughs>
1: like people were
2: getting kidnapped at malls a lot.
1: Yeah. I remember my parents talking to me about like stranger danger issues. Like, Hey, you know, if ever you're on your way home from school and somebody stops the car and says, hurry up, get in. Your mom's been in an accident. And then they basically were like, you need to ask them follow-up questions. And I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> like, like never occurred to me. Or if they offer you candy, don't take it. You know, which is of course still to this day, like, strange, strangers, candy, that's a really big connection, kids, that,
2: how that's often that has
1: ever happened, I don't know.
2: I don't know, I guess guys have weird vans where they're like, free candy, and then they rape you. I don't know what happens, it's weird.
1: True, but uh, here's the thing that I think has always gotten lost in all of this stuff, and I've, I've been thinking about this a lot lately because of QAnon, Jesus Christ, Um <laughs> QAnon, like, is obsessed with child trafficking and human trafficking and convinced that, like, children are being kidnapped and then shipped in shipping containers to different rich islands for pedophiles to visit and all this. But that and the stranger danger stuff of the 80s completely miss that the people most likely to sexually assault or harm your child are the people closest to you. Yeah. They're They're your relatives they're your
2: teachers
1: and they're yes exactly they're the coach they're the doctor they're the priest and so it's just really so sad to me that so much of this like unnecessary energy is put into these like fictitious or extremely rare situations when like kids are suffering all the time at the hands of people who you know know them it's just so sad to me Yeah. And no,
2: well, that's very, very, that's like a good point because in in software development, that's called an edge case. Like we're spending all our times on the edge cases. There's like the 80-20 rule where you can get 80% of the work done fairly quickly. And then the the remaining 20% is the really hard stuff. The people, the stuff that people are focusing on is the really weird edge case 20% stuff and not the 80% stuff.
1: Right. Um, I would That 20% is giving them a little more leeway than they deserve. But oh, you're sure. totally right. That's exactly the case. And the reason I've been thinking about this is I heard an interview recently with a woman who, I mean, she specializes in like child abuse and child trafficking stuff. And she's worked with like, you know, the missing children's, all that kind of stuff. And she said that like s- sex abuse hotlines and places that would normally take information about child abuse. Are being flooded with calls from QAnon people trying to report this bullshit, oh and it's and it's hindering the ability of people who really need to talk getting through. And I'm just like, God damn it! Yeah. I just find that so frustrating.
2: Yeah, the QAnon stuff too. It's um it's seeped so far into the right wing politics that it's people believe that some sort of Pedophilia ring is being taken down by the president as we speak. Even if they've never heard of QAnon, yeah, like
0: the it's, Q, it's,
2: it's so it's it's become detached from the whole QAnon like cult thing and just become like the mainstream position like yeah obviously that's what president trump is doing right now yeah.
1: obviously the democratic politicians who are almost exactly the same in so many fundamental ways to these politicians that we claim are fighting pedophilia rings are pedophiles
0: yeah
2: of course
1: of course like, no they're all aristocratic assholes <laughs> <Like they're, laughs> there's so much more similarity than difference it's just so silly to me to try to like say that you know, Republican oligarchs or somehow purists who can save the world and like democratic or oh, yeah. Satan worshiping child abusers. Like, it's just so nuts. But hey, that's where people are putting their energies nowadays. So that's cool. That can't possibly be a sign of societal collapse.
2: No, that can't possibly. So what is that? An inappropriate attitude for change and loss of creativity. <laughs> And uh, energy return on investment, if you want to abstract that, you're putting a lot of energy and not really yes. getting a lot out of it.
1: And actually, when you first brought that up, that's what I thought of was yeah. human ex- like human exertion versus what you get back. Because that's something you see a lot, which I think leads to cognitive decry- decline and then a loss of creativity is you're working your fucking ass off just to get by. And that sucks yes. you of any time, extra energy, thought power to do the things that you would normally do that yeah. you find creative and fulfilling.
2: Yeah. And this the- article didn't really get to
1: constantly says that shit's not important. Like yeah, if you yeah. haven't figured out how to carve out time for that, in addition to working 68 hours a week and having kids, well, I guess you just don't have your priorities. Right. You yeah, know? Yeah. So you should probably just st- stay at work late. Why go home and play your drums? <laughs>
2: Did somebody work sixty hours a week last week or this no, week? No, not even no. close.
1: Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, my since we own our own business, yeah. I really do. I mean, I could probably work even more than I do right now, no doubt. You know, but I feel like very comfortable with the way things are right now.
2: Yeah, so, I'm not working anywhere near my, sixty.
1: My being, like, you have to, you have to have time to do the things that are important to you. But we, as a society, have set that up as a frivolous exception that you are lucky if you have time to do. The weird thing, though... That's it.
2: Yeah, well, we were talking about, like, so... Like, everybody kind of falls into that similar lifestyle where you get married and have kids and whatever. Aren't hobbies a little bit like that, too? Like, now it's sort of just like football and video games, I think. Like, people just fall into things, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's way easier if you're already... Like vegging out in front of the TV to start playing a video game than it is to turn the TV off, you know, go downstairs, blow the dust off your guitar, and start playing it. Yeah,
0: yeah, know? yeah. And
2: I mean, I don't play video games. Don't point at me. I don't.
1: I am pointing at you so hard.
2: Like <laughs> <laughs> my, my guitar's not dusty, Laura. It's it's, <laughs> it's being used. No. no um. I, mean,
1: I think too. Like. This week I've done a really good job, I think, of getting more exercise, including playing my drums almost every day.
2: That's physical.
1: Yes. But like my therapist was like, you know, you need to get more aerobic exercise, you fat bitch. I do you think that's okay that she said that to me? That's
2: wrong. I don't think you should see her anymore. All
1: right, maybe I'll talk to her about that next appointment if she lets me get a warden. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> No, she's a good therapist, but she, she and I were talking about how I needed more physical outlets and I know that, but I also am the type of person that kind of, like you said earlier, if I'm not interested in it, I'm fucking not interested in it. And one of the things I've always had a hard time with when it comes to working out is there's, it's not a means to it. a means to an end it's not like a functional thing like right. I'm doing this for my body to be better not I'm doing this and when I'm done I, there will be a tangible thing that you can see is different I'm going to have bed. a cake
2: at the end of this, yeah. is this gonna.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm like I need you know this is one of the reasons why volunteering at the animal shelter was my favorite exercise I would scrub kennels for hours I loved it and yeah. I would come home like my abs would be sore you know but I was doing something and ripped so yeah, that's right. Yeah. I am not ripped right now. Um, but I think I have a new exercise plan, and it is hilarious to me because it is the most stereotypically gay thing I could possibly do. Oh, what is it? Chopping wood in my backyard.
2: Oh, cool. Well, that's yeah. cool. You have a lot of wood in your backyard. So that's
1: right. And so that now truth. I have an exercise regime that has an end goal, which is to get the fuck rid of all the wood in my yard by chopping it up and burning it.
2: Do you have a fireplace?
1: We have a little fire pit, although oh I'm nice,
2: to get cool, but I need cool. A
1: wife to let us get a new one. It's really dilapidated, and I'm afraid it's gonna like tip over while there's a fire in it. Oh but, no! Yeah, it's. I've been getting a lot better at it. These last couple rainy days have been kind of a wash. No pun intended. Literally, it's hard to to chop it. But I should. Is it? I. I would think it'd be easier
2: because it's like moist.
1: Well, I mean, the way you're cutting it, you're like trying to split the log in half.
2: Oh, so you want it to be dry and brittle.
1: I, I have found so far that, yeah. yeah, the drier the wood, the easier it is split, for that sure. That makes
2: sense. That makes sense. Did so you have to buy an axe
1: for that? We already had one. Oh, okay. What I did buy was an axe sharpener. It's kind of like this puck. It looks like kind of a hockey puck, but it's like yeah. a slate. I don't fucking know. That's <laughs> probably not the right term. And I put oil on it, and then I I sharpen it. So it's I didn't do
2: high that high for high. my senior picture. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no no you should have that would should you have bling, it's really up. funny
2: though your background right now looks like the background in my senior picture that red yeah <laughs> that red black
1: yeah i'm in a very dark room right now if only
2: you see. had your axe with you this would be perfect
1: yeah but I keep it outside
2: oh well no one's gonna know what the fuck i'm talking about so. every
1: morning I, I sharpen my axe before i do my little cutting i do it for a half hour to 45 minutes tops i am toast by the time i'm done i'm yeah. sweating profusely but it's working in terms of exercise. And I'm like, wow, look, I can now burn this. And so You're now I can. Like, yeah. I have motivation to keep going because it's doing something. It's I not think just, that's great. I'm on a treadmill. I just fucking can't do that. We <laughs> need
2: one of those fancy ones with the TV that simulates you running through like the forest or whatever. I those look I'd so fucking that. lame. Have you seen those?
1: Yeah, I just, no, I would not be fooled by that. Those
2: I'd things are it. so expensive and look so lame. Like the TV is so small. And it's yeah. like, ooh, I'm running down a country path. Like, no, you're not. Like, look to your left and there's like your couch right there. Exactly. It's not yeah. uh, It's not immersive enough for me.
1: Not in any way. No. It should have like a whole AI helmet. Is that AI? Is that the right term?
2: Could be. VR, could be.
1: virtual reality. VR, VR. It's AI. I have no fucking idea. Artificial
2: intelligence. Well, it could be both.
1: Yes. yes. AI, a- VR. Yeah,
2: yeah. You're in a VR world, and you're talking to like an intelligent artificial being that is is uh, dictating your workout for you.
1: Mm-hmm. You just leave your front door and trust your
2: trust your VR, trust your helmet. <laughs> yeah, trust your helmet. That's slogan you're for like, the show. over
1: the river, and you're like dodging traffic. You
2: know, <laughs> people were fucking doing that with Pokemon Go.
1: Oh, yeah, that's true. Where
2: they're like, the Pokemon's over here in the river. Like, I'm going to j- jump off this bridge to get it. And I don't know if it any- got that serious, but it seemed dangerous.
1: Yeah, I think Pokemon Go was always dangerous. I mean, just, it was either going to get you killed or get you sucked into Satanism. Or both.
2: <laughs> or so. just get you addicted to a dumb game that's meaningless. And...
1: But if well, you like it, do what you fucking want. I don't care. <laughs>
2: Well, no, but that's your creative loss of creativity. It's just, you're okay. You're oh, I'm
1: go- sure there are some very creative people who play Pokemon Go.
2: I'm no, sure. I understand. It is annoying. I went on a work trip once and I was with a bunch of other other coders and it was just like, we were at P.F. Chang's for dinner <laughs> all together. And uh, I, I had, could, had nothing to say because it was like the, se- it was the season when Pokemon Go was like the most popular fucking thing in the world. And they were all playing it. And we were in Tennessee or Texas. One of the places that my old work used to send me to in the South. It was the worst. It was the worst. Like I had nothing to say. Also could not get interested in like learning about it either. Like from what the things they were saying, like, Oh, I got a thing. I got a Charizard or I got a floobie And like, I don't, I don't know. I don't care. No. Um,
1: I've never cared about Pokemon. I was too old for Pokemon when it came out, so it was never going to be something I was going to care about. It's like, oh, a cartoon I was too old for now has a video game version. Were we
2: too old for like the Pogs, the Pokemon like game? Okay, we were. When did that come? It was like late 90s, right?
1: Yeah, I think so.
2: Yeah. Because I think
1: I was working at Media Play and we sold them and I thought, how the fuck do kids like these? (laughs) okay yeah but again
2: but again we were weird so i mean i played magic the gathering did you play any of those weird no no games oh N-O. i didn't get that into it i wasn't good never at it done
1: role-playing games or any of that but again totally fine with that people are into yeah. it and in, in fact it seems role-playing games kind of allow you more creativity they do
2: they do Magic the Gathering doesn't. It's a card game. It's basically pretty mindless. It's like you play a card and this card and who has more power? Does this card win or that? It's dumb. But like, yeah, like a and d and A D and d kind of uh, a thing where, yeah, there's a dungeon master and they're like creating the world that you're in. It's sort of like improv. I feel like improv kids probably like D&D or something.
1: Yeah, I'm sure there's a tremendous crossover.
2: Yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. Okay. For sure um yeah man so that's all i have to say about uh, societal collapse i guess what do you say we we wrap this up
1: yeah i think honestly the anecdote to societal collapse especially for our country i guess and for our society since like i don't think i can speak for the world is like an actual populist uprising of people who are like fuck this too many rich people are completely fucking the rest of us we are done but unfortunately, the people who need to band together right now are all being torn apart by these stupid bullshit, dumb political arguments that really yeah. are, you know, like, no, we actually need like the Latinx, the queers, the black people, the working class white people who are pissed about Clinton taking all their jobs. We need all of those people to be like, hey, you know what? Guess what? Way more in common. Way yeah. more in common. Holy yeah. shit. We need to take on these oligarch assholes. But I
2: think a lot of that is also... Um- Geographical in mm-hmm. problem because these people don't live in the same places and don't ever get exper- exposed to each other. And anytime I try to venture into into like a white white centric yeah. place, I don't I don't feel comfortable. Like I don't know okay. how.
1: It's just it's harmful for literally everyone involved. Yeah. you know this is it's a harmful thing for our society that people are so segregated yeah. and are so just. This is my type of person this archetype of human is the only one I interact with ever. It yeah. sucks. And it makes it really easy for somebody to be like, Hey, those other people terrifying, bad. They're going to do horrible things. Yeah. You know, really easy to do that. Like, that's why someone like Donald Trump can fan those flames and be like, they're rapists. They do, you know, cause you're like, Oh, I didn't know anything about him, but I was already primed to be scared. So thanks. Now I know.
0: Yeah. Sucks. yeah. So
1: in other words, I think we have to stop hating each other you know and recognize that like we have a lot in common it's not even any fucking money
2: (laughs) yeah yeah no 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 doubt that's 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 the bottom line so to speak and
1: rich people are your enemy not brown people not muslims not queers not trans people yeah
2: yeah it's just i mean we've talked about cults and stuff and things i mean religion's a big factor just brainwashing u.s media Fox News and everything to the right of that is a big problem just so many so many problems and there are definitely creative ways to solve it hopefully some of these creative ways float to the surface and something good happens Um,
1: I agree and I'm not saying it's easy but lashing out in anger at other groups of people who are just as marginalized or even slightly less marginalized than you i don't think is the answer at all so yeah just consider that when someone's trying to make you hate someone who's different from you
0: cool I'll, i
2: Thanks will soon. laura i'll consider that
1: <laughs> i'm gonna go play pokemon go
2: all right i'm gonna play <laughs> something all right I'll talk-
1: virtual reality helmet on <laughs> all right
2: all right talk to you later laura
1: all right bye neil
0: bye <laughs> This is the town of... A production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.